But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the 9 by 9 It is episode 105. My name is Everett DeLorem from Toronto. That, as always, is Mr. Rob St. Clair from Chi-Town, Chicago. And this is the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. Is your what birthday or something? I don't, yeah, I don't what know was what I, that? I don't know. I don't know what I just did, but some balloons mm-hmm. just popped up on, on, on my screen. I honestly have no idea how I did that. That was that. That, <laughs> that was, was interesting. So weird. Yeah. How I, how I, did, how did you make that happen? I do not know. I, I have no idea how I did that. So uh, maybe if I just do a peace sign, then it, <laughs> this is this is. Oh my god! It actually did. Oh I just god. I just made a peace sign and it brought up balloons. Okay. Oh my god! Look at this. This is hilarious. You have like TikTok so, filters on? Like, what's, what no is going idea. on over there, Saint Clair? I what? think. I think. Gracious. Wait a minute. Okay. He spends I, one weekend I at the think. VLA, and all of a sudden. All right, I figured it out. Actually, I'm glad you brought the VLA up because Apple, Apple saved me over the weekend because Apple installed a new feature in their Mac software where if is your, that... if your Mac is on the same Wi-Fi network as your iPhone, you can use your iPhone's camera as a video source for your Mac wirelessly, which is oh. amazing. And I think with that, there's some new like video controls. And I think I had these like default reactions. Yeah, here we go. I had these like reactions, unbeknownst to me, like turned on on this camera. And so it was just popping up balloons all the time. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn those off. We don't really need yeah. that. Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, we, we, that was we so don't. funny. That was completely random. We, this, this is a serious show, guys. Come on, Rob. I'm, oh, I'm upset that you're not taking it seriously. Um, <laughs> that, that being said, there's been a lot of volleyball going on. Rob, you were down in San Diego for week one of the VLA uh, this past weekend. I tuned into that. Uh, shocker, another Tier 2 team was better than the Tier 1 teams in the VLA. Uh, there, eh? But uh, let, b- before we get into that, we actually have some international volleyball news. Um, and let, let's just jump right into it, Rob. We have the VNL schedule uh, live and ready to go for uh, this summer's VNL. We've got the Canadian women. I love how Norseka just did the women. Just they, they just, did both. This oh, this oh, one's the they? men. Yeah, it's actually a very a very useful graphic from our friends at Norseka. Uncharacteristic from them, but yeah, this is the men. This is the Canadian men's schedule, um, and I have the Canadian women's schedule too. Don't you worry. So obviously the vnl schedule is influenced by who is versus who is not already qualified for the olympics so you got to keep that in perspective canada is qualified but i look there i look there in the center of the screen i look at ottawa canada and i see two bangers i see canada cuba on that tuesday night just like last year just like last year and i see and i see canada versus the united states on saturday night just like last year as well yeah love it a little bit of different from last year. They, they will actually be playing in the second time slot, though. So it's the mid-afternoon Ooh. game. So that means we have to... I forget what... It's like Argentina versus some someone after it. So we're going to be pretty drunk for that last game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, 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 that'll be a thing. But, uh, I mean... I think the FIVB learned from a couple of years ago when they didn't have the USA. Like, Canada is going to 
is going to draw numbers. Is is hundred percent is is going to pull big numbers. That too. crowd last year was awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. I was getting so many things yelled at me in French. It was fantastic. I loved it. Oh yeah, the JP and the boys were uh, were giving it to you. I loved I loved that as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I like our schedule. I mean, let's let's be honest. We're one of those few those few teams that know. I mean, we're one of those teams that knows we're going to the Olympics. So everything is in preparation for that. Um, I wish we could have a little bit better matchups in Ottawa uh, in just in general, not even in terms of team Canada, but for the week of, of Ottawa, like there's not that many banger matches. Like there is Italy versus France, uh, which should be a good one. And I think Italy versus USA as well, um, which should be another good one. But um, I think in the past years, you know, we've had like Brazil and we've had Poland. So it's just, it's it's missing out a little bit of of some of those that star power. Uh, but you know who's going to bring the star power? You and me. We're going to be there. We'll we'll make up for the star power with our own shenanigans. Uh, similarly, the, that is the United sure. United States men's schedule. Um, I mean, so we go to Turkey, then Canada, then the Philippines. Uh, in Ottawa, we get Argentina, then Italy, then Serbia, then Canada, which is actually pretty dope, and then. The U.S. guys are done on Saturday, so they're one of those few teams that doesn't have to play Sunday in Ottawa. Um, it will be interesting. I just hope that, like, I mean, the U.S. has already qualified for the Olympics. I, I, I hope that we bring the guys to Canada, just because it's the it's the closest geographically, and uh, if if there were a time to to bring the guys to use it as a training ground for the top roster, I think it would be Ottawa. Are you going to see good teams there? You're going to see Serbia, who's super duper hungry. Because they're they're one of those teams that that desperately needs every win for Olympic qualification, and then no matter who you see from Argentina and Italy, it's going to be a good game, and Canada in Canada is going to be a good game. So I hope we bring the squad to that, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if we sent a B team weeks one and three. Yeah, that's fair. Send send a bit of a B team for the travel and uh, keep it at home. But then then again, last year, you know, we we talked to some of the players in Ottawa and they're like, you know, we all wanted to be here. Like we all committed to this run. It'll be interesting to see how they gauge that, how coach Spraw wants to yeah. do with that, with that team, especially how early, like you're, you're not seeing those wrong. Those first dates are, have a five, like the week one is in May. Yeah. This year. It's like when champions league finals would have been happening in past years, this is it's when VNL week one, one. Yeah. Is, is, is VNL week one to have to, to adjust to the Olympics happening. Of course, later on in the summer in Paris. So, so it's it's going to be a bit of a shock shotgun. So I'm I wouldn't be surprised if if some of the teams just go all out, right? Like it, for Canada, for example. Like maybe we can rest Mar for a little bit, but I don't even think we have that luxury. Interesting. I, I'm kind of leaning the opposite way. I I, I think that it, you're going to see a lot of B teams week one, maybe even more than usual. But we've got a lot of, lot more time later on. The oh yeah, no, abs- absolutely. B- week one. I mean, yeah. once again, Canada. Like we, we, we don't necessarily have the luxury, so I, I doubt we'll be seeing much of a B team from us. Like maybe one or two things. We'll, we'll we'll see about that. But definitely week two. That's why I love the fact that Ottawa's in in week two because we might be Me getting like, the full teams, like the full teams. Like mm. if we yeah, get, it was a if, huge. If we, if we get to see Italy full team, that would be nice. Ooh. That would be sweet. I haven't seen Micheletto in person before. That would be no, awesome. Uh, let's take a look at Cuba. Cuba is um, is a huge team to watch this summer. Look at that first match week three. That's the big one. Cuba versus Serbia. 
uh, on on June nineteenth in in Slovenia. I'm really bummed that this match isn't in Canada, so that we would get to see it. But remember that Cuba and Serbia are the two teams chasing each other down for one spot based on world ranking for the last spot in the Olympics. And uh, that head-to-head match right there between the two of them, especially because it's the last week, and that that cutoff is the end of VNL Week 3 in the preliminary round, that's going to be like the last chance for both Cuba and Serbia to throw any punches they've got, and they play each other that week. That game, that might be the game of the entire tournament right there. I think that's a massive week for Cuba in general with Serbia, Slovenia, and Bulgaria. I think if they can really push themselves to go like three and one in that week, if they can get those three wins, and then whatever happens, Poland happens. Like I don't, I think at this point, anytime you you match up against Poland, unless you're USA or Italy, maybe France, you're gonna assume that's a that's a that's gonna be a that's loss. Probably an L. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, so it—that's what I'm going to be really interested to see. I, I didn't get a chance to like look at strength of schedule for Cuba versus Serbia because like that's that's the big race, right? right. Yeah. At the end of the the, the VNL, like it's we're going to be one of those two. So you know that if you play either of those teams, they're going to be hungry, hungry, hungry. Right. Hungry. Yeah, I'm going to crunch some numbers on strength of schedule like later on in the year before we get into VNL. But yeah, it's interesting to look at this now that it's released. Last but not least, let's look at the Canadian women. Uh, can, the can, Canadian women, one of those teams uh, that is not qualified for the Olympics yet, needs every single point worth of world ranking that they can get. Um, Everett, this schedule is not easy. No, <laughs> I, I like looked. Easy. I was looking at it the other day when it came out, and I was just like, "Oh man, like." Yeah, and that's the thing is in that and this is the thing with our women's team that I'll be fully I uh, it, it's a toss up most of the time. Actually, I'm not even going to say with our women's team, with our men's team as well, 100%. Like it is a toss up. Like do I believe we can beat some of the best teams in the world? Absolutely. Do I think we can lose to some of the worst te- teams in the world? Absolutely. Like we saw last year in the Thailand. Vietnam, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. losing to Thailand and and, and stuff like beating, beating Serbia but uh, losing to Thailand. For for us it's going to be the the big the second last match down at the bottom there uh against the Netherlands like that is who we are going after. Um but you know, you look week to week, it's going to be really hard to find those points. Like week 1 right off the bat, Brazil, Dominican Republic, China and Thailand. That's tough, dude. That's that's tough. I mean, if 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 we can come out two and two from that week, like that's looking good. Like I I I really think that for us to qualify for the Olympics, we need to really push the envelope. Like, not only do we need to beat the, the Dominican Republic, and like once again, remember, had we beaten the Dominican Republic in, in the Olympic qualifier, like we would have qualified, they wouldn't have, right? Mm-hmm. It was that one five setter that 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 really made that that difference, but. If we can somehow, not somehow, if we can beat the Dominican Republic and get an upset against a team like Brazil or China, two teams that we have beaten as of recent, then that will kind of set the tone. But then it's, it, it's and not- maybe you get lucky too and catch a couple of those teams with B teams week one. I mean, that that, that can help. And Kenny in the chat says Thailand is an easy win for Canada. You would think so, but they lost to him last year. Like, yeah, any- exactly. So, so you the would- only free win on this list is Korea. No, obviously for, and and remember is that that race between canada and the netherlands is yeah. much larger than it is for serbia cuba like we're trailing by by a good decent chunk so not only are we going to need to win the the 50 50 games but we're going to need to win the games that are maybe not like not in our favor like the 60 40s mm-hmm. right we're going to need to upset a, a top five team at, yeah. at some point down uh, down the line 
best and thing I mean, Canada, the Canadian women, best thing they have going for them is maybe the teams that have already qualified are, yeah. aren't playing their best lineups. Hundred percent. So, and I mean, the, the reality is, is that of of all the top teams, we've beaten them all except for the United States in the past in the past few years. So, and it, I'm, it, <laughs> the United States to me is pretty darn beatable. Yeah. So maybe 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 we can maybe we pack that in in week two in Arlington. Uh, we should. Uh, well, maybe we'll see if we can go to Arlington too. That that might be fun. Um, Actually, but, uh, that's that, that that's possible. We'll, we'll have to look into that. We got a bit. Of, <laughs> we we do have a bit of budget this year, given mm. uh, given given what happened. So maybe 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 we tack attack on both. But uh, that we'll look into that later. But yeah, this is a massive. This is this is a massive VNL uh, for this team. Um, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, and there's also going to be a lot of travel. Actually, there's a lot of travel, but it's two of two two weeks. Like, Western are, hemisphere are in the Western hemisphere. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty way, good break. It could be a lot worse. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, I mean, hey, it's a it's it's going to be a battle, and uh, it really what happens on the stretch happens on the stretch. But uh, you know, yeah, it'll it, it won't be easy. No, they won't. All right. Uh, plenty more time before VNL starts, but we wanted to get that out there. Uh, speaking of Canadian volleyball, the Canadian head men's national team coach is very much in the news because Tomas Samelvo, as of yesterday morning, less than a year after winning the CEV Champions League with the club, Tomas Samelvo has been fired as the head coach of Zaksa Kenjurj and Kojle. We have a lot to get into about this. The Poland channel in the Discord so, has been popping off. There, this, there are lots this, of rumors. This is this, this is, is what the, the Discord is all about, right here. Oh, this is this is one of those things that, like, before before any of this was announced, um, the Poland channel was very has been talking a little bit a while now about Stemevuo. And one of the days this week, and I even told told you, you know, Rob, like, go back because I I, I had been seeing it pop up, and I just asked him, and I was like, guys, like. Do we like what are we thinking about some some rule? Because you know, from an outsider's perspective, it's hard to see. But you guys are talking about how you know they're seeing different interactions and timeouts about how Slushka, how when Gerbich is talking during a Poland timeout, like Slushka doesn't talk, but right away as soon as Zaksa goes in timeout, Slushka jumps into it. Like so many things that the that the Discord was noticing, like they are a little bit of a of uh, Nostradamus over there just predicting what 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 is happening so the most confusing part about this firing to me is the timing because remember a couple weeks ago I think it was about three weeks ago Zaksa got three donged by Skra Belchatov in the Plus Liga and Skra is not good this year no. they also got three donged by Olympiakos in Champions League which is about as bad of a loss as a team like that can stomach and it was after that when I think it would have made a lot of sense to make a change, the type the type of change of potentially moving on from your head coach. But after that, Zaksa rebounded a little bit. They they hosted Nak Rusolare in Champions League, went down 0-2, and we'll talk about Champions League in just a minute. But then you and I, Everett, both kind of saw a little switch flip. We saw Zaksa turn a little bit of a corner and look like Zaxa again, and they made a heroic comeback to reverse sweep and win that match. And then they three-dong Stalnissa in like a derby rivalry game in the Plus Liga over the weekend. And then you fire your coach? So to the me, timing of that doesn't make sense. It, it To me, I, I have to think that the decision had already been made weeks before, right? 
hundred percent. To to me, the the already made, and they just didn't know who was going to be the next in line. They didn't know who, who was who was going to be ste- stepping in next. They hadn't <laughs> they hadn't made that their their decisions. So to me, like, has there been? I don't think there has been an announcement of, of who's stepping in next. It's one is, of their assistants <laughs> is just stepping up. Sorry, excuse me. Um, but yeah, to me, it was interesting. It's clear, like, there has to have been some turmoil from the back end, right? Definitely. Because um, otherwise, like, 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 this team has was just turning things around. And I mean, turning things around, let's be honest, they played two and a half sets or, like, two sets realistically good against a team that they should have been beating. Right, that that they should have been three donging, and then three donged a team that they should have three donged. You know, like it's it, uh, we we started talking about it last week about how like it was getting to the point where you couldn't really blame it on the injuries anymore, and it was a really you know it was a really hard start to their season, especially in a, a league as tough as Pusiga. But I. I I don't know. Like it's, it's it's there has to have been turmoil on the back end for them to have made this call like this early, just as things were starting to get better. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me too. Another piece of timing is the the timing of Alexander Schliefka's injury because mm. my my assessment of and I don't know any of this. This is this is just like my my take from watching on the other side of the world. Alexander Schliefka is a pretty quiet dude. He's not all that demonstrative. He's not like overwhelmingly like commanding of attention. No. Uh, the, the guy who I think kind of is that way is Lukash Kachmarek. I think he mm-hmm. is going to be a little like quicker to speak up when when he doesn't agree with something that's going on. But it, it actually to me seems like there's a chance that Schliefka is kind of the engine of this. I think when he got hurt and was no longer playing and could fully like take a step back and see what was going on on the court from a bird's eye view instead of being in the middle of it. I think that he might have more to do with this move than we initially thought. Uh, you know, you may not be wrong. And I mean, Hey, the, the discord is thrown around some conspiracy theories. There's a, there's a clip and a few Instagram posts and Instagram stories from their game over the weekend where Kashmarik is leaning over the backboards, talking to Shlivka and then serves an ace and his caption that he posted is thanks coach when in talking to Shlivka. Um, and, and like I said, like, there's like once again like our our discord is so on it and like they were they were on this before it had, had even been announced and had, had been talking about it and they talk about how oh, there's this one interview with Slivka and they talk about his best coaches and he mentions Gerbich and he mentions Kretu he even mentions Piazza who he's never worked with before but no mention of Samuel Vuo so there's been a few things that have been kind of telling down the, down the line here and i mean there was a stat put once again in the discord that like uh, Zaxa has lost 37% of their matches since Samuel Vuo has been, has been the head coach, which is basically the same level as like Olshin, uh, or no, Gdansk. One of the but two, they Gdansk won a Champions League in that time. Like, I, I th- this is the crazy thing in volleyball about coaching changes. Now, now there, there clearly was something going on on the back end, so, so there were clearly some off court things going on. It doesn't seem like the communication. But from front office to coach to players was truly in sync across the board. But this man won you a Champions League less than a year ago. This man took a team like Canada and in 
maybe two months of being there got them to qualify for the Olympics. Like it's clear that Tomas Samelvo is like on court X's and O's coaching ability is world class. So there's something else to this that we just don't know because the, the, the adversity that Zaxa has gone through this year is very well documented. This has been an extremely difficult season for them. They've had a lot of instability at so many key positions. Remember, Martin Janish was out forever. They had to pick up a third string setter like off the street. The, Dude, they uh, had they had like guys who were playing for their th- like they had guys who have like literally exactly. regular jobs playing for their third place team, like, starting in Prusliga matches. Starting, yeah, like so that that's craziness. so much adversity. I'm still of the take that how much of that can you truly blame on the coach? I think there's so much more to it than just the coaching except for clearly there's some sort of dynamic on the back end that i think is really pulling the strings here well there is rumors that zaxa wasn't too happy about how late he got to poland uh because he was with team canada at the olympic qualifiers right and that most of the other teams would have had you know their head coach in place and even if their stars weren't there they were able to kind of get 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 a few things in motion even though like when you think about it like Vinyarski wouldn't have been there Weber wouldn't have that had, have, is have the most been ridiculous there. Like, thing i've ever heard i mean hey you know who knows who knows right so uh maybe uh, maybe ever, <laughs> maybe this is a good thing for you Tomas Samelvo is now a free agent he has nothing to focus on except team canada's summer of 2024 because yes they're, yes they're, and no yes well, there's and no, no there's no way he's going to jump into a club job in the middle of the season because but maybe if if one of the reasons that he wasn't able to is, is because of that international job uh and he values and like let's be honest he can probably make more coaching club and for sure more coaching coaching professionally so if coaching internationally is one of those like those barriers to him like making money who knows like maybe he decides that coaching Canada is is too hard right like once again like I have seen so many international coaches come through Canada and like that's just our history like and they, throughout they the entirety last very long and they they like sometimes they do and I mean there are some great international coaches in the history of Canadian Canadian coaches but especially recently historically they don't last very long and Semyon Vuo is still Semyon Vuo, right? He still led Russia before. He still did what he did with Team Canada this summer. He still won a Champions League. Like he still has a fantastic resume, and most teams probably wouldn't let him go, regardless of of, of the situation, right? So he's gonna be he's gonna be getting offers. So it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be very interesting. I never. I never take anything for granted when it comes to Canadian coaching at this point. <laughs> well, I've, uh, I've seen too many things over the years. Never never a boring time in volleyball. We will see if this helps turn Zoxa around. We will see if they uh, go back the wrong direction after this. I have no idea. But what we do know is that Zoxa will continue on playing in the Champions League. My goodness. What a dramatic week. We had last week the 11-team Champions League playoff bracket is set on both the men's and the women's sides. Zaxa gets in by the skin of their teeth. They were in overtime in the third set against a Belgian team down 2-0 and had to rescue it, win it in five to clinch a spot. And now, once again, in classic Zaxa fashion, they have a gauntlet. They have a gauntlet. Hulk Bank Ankara in the first round. 
it's crazy. So, and like, we're going to talk about last week in a second, of course, but I, just for now, it's crazy about how the three, like, playoff matchups to get into the quarters. You have game one, Zoxa versus Hulkbank. Two, like, two of the top four teams from last year's tournament. The three-time defending champs uh, against, you know, uh, the third-place team from last year. And then in the middle bracket, you have Tools versus Berlin, which is two, like, very strong teams that are consistently in the Champions League from, like, pretty good countries. And then in the last bracket, you have Guagas <laughs> against Prague. Right, the what the what the f am I doing here? Bracket, bracket. You know, like thanks for participating. Bracket. Thanks for participating. But one of them is going to move on. One of these two teams, Guagas and Prague, is going to be in the quarterfinals. Whereas one of these two teams, Hulkbank and Zaxa, is going to be going home. Like that is just Champions League. Just it's hilarious. You gotta love it. It's hilarious. So shout out to Guaguas, by the way, because they remember they weren't even directly qualified to the main round of Champions League. They had to qualify no. through those yeah. like preliminary stages. And they did that and they made it out of pools. And they honestly have a pretty real chance to go to the Champions League quarterfinals, which is insane. So shout out to Graham Vigress and the boys. You know who the real winner is here, though? Xerot Bank. Yeah. Xerot Bank of all teams. Nobody could have picked this. The number one seed overall. The only team to go six and zero in the Champions League main round, Zirat Bank out of Turkey, and they get a cakewalk of a quarterfinal matchup against the winner of Guaguas and Prague. Like you can, you can pencil in Zirat Bank into the semifinals right here, right now. I mean, hey, I'm not going to be doing any penciling at that at this point. We've seen too many weird things happen uh, down the stretch. Like, could you have imagined that Tools would have? beat Rosovia twice, twice especially with the way that tools started this season like there's horrible. been so many there's there's been so many random to happen uh, so far in this champions league but hey now now this is this is where we go um oh, the bottom half of the bracket is definitely way more loaded than the top half of, For of, sure. of, of the bracket like the bottom half of the bracket is where the gauntlet is and I want to go as far as to say that the winner is going to come from the bottom half of the bracket um Okay. Uh, let, let me let me read them down really quick just for our, our audio listeners. The the early rounds, I guess it's like kind of the eighth finals. I think they call it the play-in round or something. You got Guaguas versus Prague, and the winner plays Zirat Bank. You got Hulk Bank versus Zaxa, the winner plays Lube. And you got Tours versus Berlin, the winner plays Trentino. And then that other quarterfinal that we already know is set is Piacenza versus JSW. And that actually is a series I'm really excited about too. But right now, I'm looking at this bracket. I don't see any team in this bracket beating Trentino. No, not I right now. I don't see it. I, I mean, don't that, see and, anybody and, in this bracket beating Trentino. That could change down the stretch, without a doubt. But uh, right now, the way that they're playing, there's they're hands down. They are hands down the best team in volleyball by far and away. No, no doubt about it. Like, poof. once again, like, the way they answered this weekend, like the way that they, the way they bounce back, the way they can, you can beat them, and they're just like, all right, we're just going to adjust real quick. And then yeah, it's real impressive. Yeah. So the the first the first rounds of these uh, play in series. Remember, this is Champions League playoffs. These are home and away two match series with golden set potential. Uh, these the first three games are of all three of those series are a week from today. So next Tuesday, that's going to be very fun. But we got to catch up on what happened in in the last week of the regular round because this was bananas. 
B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That's right. <laughs> I do like that. So, uh, so Budiavice beat Guaguas in five, but uh, we already basically knew that once Guaguas, actually, they really all they needed to do was take a set. Yeah, and they tied it. They tied it at one-one, and unless JSW got swept by Lundberg, which is the exact opposite of what happened, then Guaguas was going to get second in that pool. So nothing really to talk about there. Zirat Bank beat Olympiacos in a three-dong. I was curious about that one because Zirat had already clinched first in the pool. Were they going to play all the starters? And they did, and they looked good. And that did the favor to we can skip to the very last match, Zaxa versus Nakrusolari, because knocking Olympiacos out. By, by losing that game, meant that the winner of Zoxa versus Nakrusolari head-to-head got second in the pool and made it out. And it was as close as it could get. It was as close as it could get. And I got to give this little Belgian team so much credit, man. I mean, this little Belgian team is is really starting to show the strength of Belgian football. And uh, I think you need to, like, I would go almost as far as to call them being a part of the 2028 Olympics. Like, that's what we're seeing. Sepe Roti on Sepe Roti on the right side is an absolute monster. He had thirty-one side. He he is uh, that's a that like hey you're stealing my thunder here, Saint Clair. I had this all prepared. (laughs) Okay, he had thirty-one points on the right side in this one. He was twenty-four for forty-eight. He had a block and six aces. He is dynamic from the baseline. He has power. He has good technique, and that's the thing. He is actually a left side. Last year, like he's only playing on the right side right now because that's where Rosalera needs him, right? Last year when they had Kirk Kartsev, the Argentinian, he was the best passer in the Belgian league. So when you add him uh, in the mix on the left side, you have him, you have Daru, you have Riegers on the right side. And Matisse Desmet, who's playing in Italy. Yeah, as well. Like that is a a good core. The only thing Belgium is missing, right? is a young better coming up the ranks. And I think someone in the Discord, I think Zood or, or someone said that the, there's there's a there's a guy coming up kind of similar to Poro. So I'm saying Ooh. watch watch Belgium. But this was a really good one. Um it was in my opinion a bit of a Belgian choke. And uh the, these Belgians send a waffle under pressure. <laughs> Belgian waffles. I see what you did there, buddy. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, this ro- this roti kid is really good. He's a 2001 birth here, and he's one meter ninety, and mm-hmm. he's dropping and he's dropping thirty three in a Champions League game, thirty one in a Champions League game at, at opposite with the so that's sick. Good for him. But uh, Zaxa Zaxa did what Zaxa does, man. There's something in this team. It's still down there somewhere. It's down there somewhere. The, the ability to dig deeper than any other team and resurrect themselves from any hole that they can dig themselves of any depth and, and get back and figure it out. And the biggest difference to me, I, he only scored nine points. I don't care. David Smith. David Smith Massive being back is yeah. a huge difference maker. Huge, huge difference maker. And uh, Bartosz Bednors turned it on when he needed it. 23 for 39 in the match is, uh, is quite good. Yeah, Bednor's there was a moment in the third set, and like let me let me look here. Like he four four in the first. I guess he had he had five and five in the second. So he was pretty he was pretty good uh all the way through. But there was just like he had a different attitude of, about him. Um like, oh yeah. Yeah, he was seventy one points efficiency. Um or seventy one percent efficiency in the third set. So he was 
yeah, and, and the same thing in the he was five for five for seven with a block two in the fifth. So six points alone in, in the sixth. There was definitely a moment in time in that third set where you could just kind of see him change his attitude and just kind of like no, like I'm I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of uh, of of us playing like this. Um I mean, I, I think someone said that they had lost 13 straight sets before that point. Um, That's right. Yeah, that they were in a middle of a rough, rough yeah. stretch because it was yeah, Olympiacos, Scra. I think they got donged by Zirat the week before, and then two sets to Rusolare. Yeah, like it, it, it was, it was about as bad as it could get, and somehow Zaxa dug deep and pulled it out. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they did it. And then yeah. they fired their coach afterwards. <laughs> and then and then they fired their coach afterwards. But but maybe that's the thing. Like maybe this was was more of a of a player led initiative. Uh, let's say um, we only have a little bit of insight in, be in, inside of that team. So yeah, not much. But uh, it was a crazy match. It was it was the last one that was still going on that had yet to be decided of anything of consequence. So that that, that was pretty thrilling. Uh, JSW Dong Bloomberg. Prague, Dong, Galazzi, uh, whatever. Those didn't really end up being that significant. Uh, a match that I was hoping would be a lot better. Piacenza going into Berlin and smacking the recycling oh, yeah. hollies. Yikes. It was, it was, this one wasn't even close. Like, Not close. It was, it was a complete and utter domination. Like, even the second set that was close on paper wasn't ever close in spirit. Right. Nope. And, and and it it was really one of the, the, the few times and it's it's really too bad um that Berlin wasn't able to defend their home court uh like they had uh like like they had who who they who they beat again? They beat Hawkbank there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're right. That, that's exactly uh, what they did. Yep. You had you had it was a bad Mark Schotolo game and mm-hmm. he's He's their number one scorer and without him they, they are truly nothing. And he two was pretty points. bad at yeah, two points on two for thirteen with four errors. Like that's that's terrible. And then and then unfortunately Berlin subjected us to crick talk at the end of that game. Ugh. Which was painful. I forgot that he was even there and then saw him on my screen and, and got angry. But it's, uh it's crazy. dominated. Look look at Yuri Yuri Romano, dude, fifteen for twenty five and four aces. Yeah, Ooh. what what was getting him going for that one? Like, like what was, what was, why were we graced to a fantastic Yuri Romano game? Usually he only has those ones in like, hey, this is gut check time. Like, I need to make this happen. And Piacenza put in the bench in the third set and still, still like cakewalked. Yeah. Still did not make a difference. I mean, their, their bench is still damn, damn pretty good. Yeah, it is. Like, like they brought in Landy, like they, they brought in Leal. Uh, Romy Alonso and Robert Andringa. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Those are all national team starters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, it, it it is what we should expect in reality, but I still expect like a little bit more from uh, from from Berlin. Berlin. In that situation. And uh, now their their next matchup is going to be against Tours, who I, I'm very impressed by. They they took care of Ljubljana. Like you said it earlier, Everett, as bad as Tours was at the start of the year, they were bad, and they didn't even have a Booba this game. Like they, they didn't have, they haven't had a Booba for a couple Champions League games. I don't even think they had him last week when they beat Rosovia. Uh, but Tours going back to the Champions League playoffs, and that's pretty darn good for the only French team. Then you had Hulkbank. 
Oh boy, the the Hulk Bank situation, man. All they needed to do was go into Portugal and beat Benfica. And I, I we've said it before. I feel bad for Benfica because that's a pretty good team playing in by far the hardest pool in the tournament. But had Hulk Bank lost this game, they would be dead. Like they would not have made it out. And actually, there was a path there for a little while as Hulk Bank was losing. There was a path for Rosovia to get in, which would have been ridiculous given their tournament that they've had. But uh, did you watch any of this Hawk Bank game? What did you think about it? Uh, I did not watch any of this Hawk Bank game, Rob. Um, so, I mean, I think Hawk Bank, they have two of the streakiest players in volleyball right now, period, in Ingapath and Namir. And if those streaks are happening at the same time, this can be legitimately anyone. Right. Let's be honest. If you have Namir at peak efficiency and Namir at peak power, and Angapath playing like Angapath and pass the ball like he does and 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 swing like he does, then yeah, this team is going to be really really good. Um, but if those teams aren't on, and unfortunately, I think this scene this this season we've also seen somewhat volatility isn't the word, but just a little bit of uh, uneven play from Micah Ma'a as well. There's just a few things happening around that that Hulk Bank team that you know they're a very emotional team. They're, they're a very fun team. Like this, when this team is having fun, they're having fun, but they don't really manage those emotions too well. No, they don't. And uh, Irvin Ingapeth was garbage in this yep. game, uh, not good at all. And I think, I mean, we we know Irvin. We know him. We've seen him many a time. When he he has the ability to phone it in and not care about what he's doing more than any other player in the world. And it shows and it infects his entire team when he's in a bad mood. And that's what I saw because I, I had this game on at least a little bit because, uh, I mean, there were a bunch of games all happening at the same time. Thank you, CEV, for that. Um, well, the, no, this, I, was, this was they had to do it because it's the last week. Right, and yeah, because they don't want yeah. anybody to be manipulating things. Yeah, Irvin was terrible, and uh, Gord Perrin off the bench I thought was a huge X factor in, in helping them get get this over the finish line. Uh, Mirza Lagunja was okay. I mean, that's it right there. You start Gord probably wouldn't have been a three dong. So you know what? Like <laughs> uh, Namir thirty one twenty six for forty two nine errors. Uh, three aces and two blocks, a uh, 62% kills is off the chart. So that's his best game outside of t- the Turkish league in a while. Yeah, that, that is. And I mean, he's been killing it in the Turkish league. He was looking over some yeah, stats. It's basically, it's basically Namir and Rob's best friend uh, leading in every, every statistical category. Hadrava? I yeah, saw, I, oh, Hadrava I saw is killing it in the, in the, Turkish yeah, I know league. for Galatasaray. I saw a clip of him wearing like the LeBron James, like carbon fire, carbon fiber mask playing. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what was up with that. Yeah, Hadrava is fourth in 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 scoring. He's got he's averaging five point sixteen points per match. Hey, we're talking um, about Champions League. We don't have to talk about Hadrava work because he's he's not in there. Good and good thing too because he doesn't belong. Um, wanted to shout out Pierce Shenko too. He had a pretty good Champions League for Benfica. I, th- I thought he held his own pretty well against a difficult group of middles he was playing against. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd expect him to at this point. He's played couple seasons in the national team he's been to the champions league before i've been in the champions league now so i expect him he's kind of like the next generation of lucas van bruegel just mm, big like big that. big independable coming from trinity western i like that uh we don't need to talk about lube versus mosaic but uh trentino versus rosovia was kind of interesting um kind Rosovia, of, yeah. 
yeah, Rosovia win the Rosovia did win the match. Yeah. So Rosovia actually was able to beat Trentino, hand them their first loss. But after uh, Trentino won two sets, it no longer mattered for Trentino. Yeah. And so they they definitely made some moves. Uh, although TJ DeFalco came off the bench and was outstanding. Twelve for nineteen with two aces. I don't know understand why he's been coming off the bench for them. I really don't. And it's I mean, hurt for a bit and they're 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 a dumpster fire because they start Fabian Jizga all the time and or <laughs> except this match they didn't. You keep Fabian Jizga on the bench and good things happen. You can even beat Trentino every so often with Soviet. Take some notes. Figure yeah. it out. Like Luetti is, is is fantastic, but he's not TJ Falco. He's not TJ Neither DeFalco. neither is Clement Chable. No. Neither of those guys uh, are. In my opinion, I think you would start Chable and DeFalco and you get Luetti to be the first guy off the bench. Definitely. Yeah. You you have you give Chable a, a really or at least. Hey. What do I know? What sorry, Rostovia better. Yep, better luck next time. Uh, they drop down to the CEV Cup. Remember that is the that is how it works in Champions League now. That if you finish third in your pool and you don't make it out, you drop down to CEV Cup. And we'll talk about CEV Cup in a minute because there are a couple uh, interesting things going on. But uh, you ready to move on to the women, Everett, or anything else? Yeah, on the let's, no, that's that's about it from the men. Once again, very disappointed in Lundberg. I thought that they were a team that yeah. that could have really come through, especially after the first couple of weeks. They got like a couple of big wins, and then the wheels fell off. But yeah, excited. When does this get get it's get get started next week? Right, week from today. Men? Yeah, a week a week, week from, from today. today. Yeah, let's 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 jump over to the women's side. Why don't we? All right, hit it, Everett. Read down the bracket. We've got same format, same uh, oh, eleven teams. Same, same format, same eleven teams. And I will have to say, there's a, it's a lot more even on the women's side of things. Like, kind of is. It, it, it kind of is. Well, uh, first and foremost, and first, uh, we have at the top of the bracket, Fener Logic, the number one seed. They will be playing eighteen and zero in sets. Perfect, perfect, perfect from Fener Bocce. They won't even be getting Melissa Varga. Stiziak has been doing the job just as well but they'll be taking on the win of the uh all german derby derby between stuttgart and potsdam so that'll be a fun one but let's be honest we're all expecting fender bache to make it uh all the way through uh on the other side of the black bracket malonza also i love how that they it's just they've just become malonza and that's how they will forever be in the war i typed uh, that i typed that on the bracket last week and i didn't even think about it i didn't even think about calling them anything else i just called them malonza <laughs> Malonza will be taking off uh, on LKS Vlog uh, out of Poland, so that one, that one's going to be a good one. But let's be honest, a potential Fenerbahce Malonza matchup is beautiful. I, I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. On the bottom side, we scared Scandici uh, getting the top seed there. Is that the top seed? No, it's it like, must. Uh, I think they were number three overall. Yeah. I think Meliana was number two. I forget, but. Yeah, Scandici, yeah. they could have a they'll they'll well let's let's just go ahead and say it. Scandici yeah. gets the winner of Zajabasha and Promete. Good for your Promete, Ukrainian team making it to the, the Champions League playoffs job. is awesome. Good job. 3-0, 3-0. It's gonna be a pool rematch. Scandici's already played at Zajabasha twice, has beaten them both times. It's gonna be I, I, I'm excited for that matchup too. Me too. Uh, I, I am really excited for that matchup. They were two good matchups the first time, and I think that's going to happen again. Scandici in Champions League with no foreigner limit is a scary team. Yeah, they they could low-key be a good enough team to win the Champions League without the foreigner limit. Like, when you've, when you've got everyone out there, it, it could be interesting, especially, like, 
how the Champions League in those two match scenarios sometimes breaks down, you know, could could be happening. Uh, I but, um, do I do like Scandici. I do like yeah. them in in Champions League. Uh, and then on the bottom, Vakov Bank is going to be taking out Zhezhov in the playoffs. I mean, Zhezhov, you're a little bit better than Promete, but still, thank you for participating. <laughs> and that potential quarterfinal of Canigliano, honestly, three no. The, the the two quarterfinals from from this side are both spicy. Yeah, like, the, the, they're they're both fantastic matches. Yeah, and you have you have Antropova probably playing against Boscovich. Yes, and then you have Hawk probably playing against Jordan Thompson. Yes, which is awesome. And then on the top, maybe in the semifinals, you're going to get Stisiak playing against Paula Egonu. Like that's six of the top seven opposites on the planet. Only only missing Melissa Vargas. And we're going to see some awesome, awesome head-to-head matchups. Uh, also, don't sleep on Zhezhov. Remember, like I think it was like three years ago, I think, we saw that this, we also saw Zhezhov versus Vakif Bank in the first round of Champions League playoffs. And Zhezhov stole a match. That was kind of where Kara Bayama put herself on the map. She was playing for Zhezhov at that point. And, was uh, it Because I think... I think it was. Because there, there was another year when they lost a match to Busto in the semifinals. No, it wasn't Zhezhov because Zhezhov has in the, in the past few years has been choking in the in in the pools. No, Zhezhov always makes it out of pools. Like them and and Chemik no. seem to always make it out of pools, don't they? I don't think so. I'm gonna try and look up the Champions League ar- archive and see if I can find yeah. this thing. But yeah, I, I, I'm other than the the all German game in in the top there, like winner plays Fenerbahce, like that one will be competitive, but. Uh, most of these play-in series are going to be, uh, there will be a heavy favorite. Let's put it yes. that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to dig for this. All right, uh, that's the bracket. Let's talk about what happened last week. It wasn't quite as dramatic as the men. Uh, Scandici beat Zajabasha again. It was a good game. So th- like that was fun to watch. Uh, Vakif Bank beat Malonza in five. That was pretty fun to watch, although I didn't think it was the highest level of volleyball of all time. And no. it definitely Vakif Bank needed it more. But, uh, I mean, five-setter between two pretty good teams is cool. It, it, it was a little bit interesting. Um, I think I thought we started to see God kind of wake up uh, uh, a little bit in this one. But it was messy on, on both sides of the court for sure. It, and yeah. and that's what this, this, this Malonza team is is so far as just characterized as being messy for me anyways. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, there are six teams that could maybe win this tournament, and they all belong to Turkey and Italy. <laughs> and uh, and that, that just kind of is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up the stats. The Let's see. Uh, Egonu, 20 on 19 for 64. Whoa. 64 attempts and 10 errors, uh, not super efficient. And she didn't serve the ball great either. Um, Karabayama off the bench, 14, 11 for 25. That's pretty good. Uh, did not pass the ball well, though. And uh, Miriam Silla, what, 14 on pretty low efficiency. Although Silla had six blocks, though. That's that's very that's very impressive. Um, oh, Kenny yeah. just put something in the chat saying, com- he saw comments of fans criticizing Oro for setting the left side too much. 
I mean, there's 51 attempts combined to, to the two outside hitters and 64 to Agonia. Like, I don't, I don't really agree with that. I, I, I would have given, I would have given Bayama a few more balls, like when she got hot off the bench. I, if I remember correctly, this match, and I, I mean, I have a little book that I write notes down, and I can't seem to find it right now, but it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I do think, well, it's like, like I'm just trying to remember, like it's been so many volleyball matches since I watched that one, like earlier, like earlier last week. Yeah, it was um, last Tuesday, I think. It was like really, it was literally a week ago. Um, but I do remember Miriam Silla having a banger of a match in that one. I, I Six blocks for yeah. a wing is is sick. That that's that's really solid. But uh, Malone's a two aces, eighteen service errors. There's like some men's that's, numbers over there. That's, that's, that's what I was just about good. to say. Like that, that, that's bad for the men's game. Like yeah, you can't be missing eighteen serves in a women's match. Like that that's not acceptable. No, not not at all. Uh, Vakif's numbers. Wow, these are these are not particularly impressive. I don't know how they won this match. Honestly, uh, Jordan Thompson, fifteen for forty-eight with twelve errors. Got blocked ten times. I don't know if I've ever seen one player getting blocked a double-digit number of times in a game. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, Zara Gunesh, not good on offense. Three for twelve with an error. Ouch! How did Zavakov Bank win this game? I don't know, man. Like Gabi, nine for thirty-two with six errors. Like Chaka Bogu was really good for for whatever that's worth. Ali Franti had four aces, but wasn't very good on offense. Like. I don't know how Vakabeng won this game. I mean, it was all in the errors. Look, look at the look at the different errors between. Mm, it's it's not terrible, but like sixteen unforced hitting errors from uh, f- from Malone's eight serving errors. Um, so it's a lot. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what I meant. Like just watching that game, it, you know, it was a five setter between two good teams, but. It was far from my favorite match that I've watched this year. Like it just nope. wasn't the level; just wasn't really that high. Now Malonza didn't really have that much to play for. To be fair, uh, they they had already locked up first in the pool once they took two sets. So uh, take that for whatever it's worth. Ooh, Gabby was really bad in this one, eh? I, I yeah. said she, I said she was was figuring it out, but I was completely wrong. That's yeah, not she. Game. I don't know in what's going on there. In serve receive, though, she's phenomenal. She's typical. Yeah. Might be the yeah. best receiver right. on the planet and she doesn't even play libero. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Anything else to chat? any other matches you want to chat here of the women? The women will also get started uh in one week. We have no champions this week. Right. Uh the the last one that ended up being pretty darn dramatic was like the last match that was still going on. It was LKS Woods hosting Le Canet. And oh, Le Canet yeah. need, it went it went five. It went like deep in the fifth. I think I and I had this one on. I think it was like eight eight in the fifth or something like that. Look at his situation. They were in that crazy pool E that had like four teams that all had a chance. Their situation was they needed to win the fifth set and they would get in. If they lose the fifth set, they were out. And they lost, I think, 15-12, 15-11. So um, I felt bad for them. But uh, even LKS Woods with really very little to play for, uh, with Valentina Diouf on the right side of all people, uh, she kind of carried them late in the fifth set. There was a... Let's see, I remember there was a, there was a pretty crazy scramble rally that got Lacanet back within one, and then a horrific float service error like 15 feet long that made me want to die. And then uh, I think Woods like turned a point in transition. It was basically over. Was it a standing float? It was. Okay. You know, you know I how don't... I love float service errors. 
I, I, I um, honestly, it, it is sometimes wow. annoying to watch volleyball live with Rob because <laughs> because of how into it he gets and how upset he gets at Miss Float Serve. That that volleyball makes me mad. Okay, <laughs> unless it's really bad. Really bad volleyball is fun. Really like bad volleyball bad, is a lot of fun. Like that, that volleyball from the good teams is is not fun. That that one clip like hillbilly volleyball from the Midwest, and they're just like just smoking each other through the net. You know you've good you, tough. You, good you stuff. know you've seen that. You know you've seen that. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, I also wanted to shout out Fenerbahce because going eighteen and zero in sets in Champions League. I don't care who's in your pool. I know yeah. they were better than every team in their pool, but that that's awesome. Uh, good for them, and and they're starting to get Ana Cristina back. Like that that team's going to be super scary. Look at the men's teams who aren't able to do that, right? So, yeah, that's true. Oh. They're the only team on either side to not drop a set. Yeah, uh, they're the. I think they're the only team on either side to even get. 18 points, I think. Yeah, I think Zira Zira right. didn't on the men's side. No, I, I wonder if Coneliano or uh Scandici did that. Let me see. Uh, yeah, they they, they both did. Uh, both Coneliano and Scandici got 18 points, but okay, Coneliano dropped three skits, three sets, Scandici dropped two sets. So, uh, both number one seeds on both men's and the women's side, both Turkish teams would not have picked that. Interesting. I mean, I would have picked it from the women's side. Would have not picked it from the men's side. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this gets started next week. Uh, we'll we'll give a couple more previews on next week's show. Um, I wanted to talk about the CV Cup for a minute. Mm-hmm. Let's because, jump because like, like I was saying, if you get third in your Champions League pool and you don't make it out, then you drop down and you play in the CV Cup. So like these four four teams that we've been watching in Champions League are going to drop down and meet up with four teams that have just like won their, I think, eighth final series. Mm-hmm. And so now we have the quarterfinals in the CV Cup on both sides. Xavierce beat Milano in Italy last week, 3-0. And we couldn't watch the goddamn game. I mean, we've, we've been over this before in the, in the CEV Cup. But it's so annoying. Whenever, whenever the CEV Cup games in... Because they are in in Italy, right? It, this one was, yeah. Because yeah, the game before, yeah. the week before, was in Xavierce. so Polsat yeah. was was able to meet the CEV's ridiculously high broadcasting standards, and Milano wasn't willing to foot that bill. So therefore, if you can't produce the game to the utmost level, the utmost standards of the CEV's 720p 30 fps broadcast standards, then you which, can't which, stream it at all. Which are, isn't even high. Like that's... I know that that's the joke. It's, it's not high at all. Like I, I did literally the VLA stream I did over the weekend was an iPhone from the baseline, shot at 1080p 60fps. Figure it out. Let us watch the games. I hate this. This it, it would have been a fun game too. It was fun it the week been... before. I mean, it wasn't really. It was a three dong. It was a three dong. <laughs> it, it, it it was a three dong. So but hey, you know what. It, it it could have been a f- fun game. Who knows? Um, but uh, so annoying. Yeah. And uh, um, there there was a there was a fun series in men's CV Cup. Uh, the French team Nantes against some. I think is a Greek team. Uh, Aeon alone. I think Luke Kerr, baby. Oh yeah, that's Luke Kerr's yeah. team. That's Luke Kerr. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, it was it was like it was a five set banger. I think not one like nineteen seventeen the fifth. Then it went to a golden set. And Milan won 15-13. So that's electric. Good for Luke Kerr. I didn't know that's where he was. That's great. Yeah, that's he's in his second year there. Fantastic. 
So we know the uh, we know the CV Cup matchups by now. We've got uh, Xavier Che versus Rosovia, and yeah, Kenny these- in the chats saying that they're going to play each other twice in CV Cup and once in the Plus League in three straight weeks. That's pretty funny. Yeah, um, I think it's like, and they're all playing. They're playing each other all on Thursdays too, uh, which, yeah. which 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 should be fun. But how is it that the two best teams now in the draw have to play each other in the quarterfinals, right? Xavier the two Chain best versus- teams in the eighth finals played each other as well. Like Xavier Che and Milano were the two best teams in the tournament at that point. I don't understand what's going on with like the seeding of these brackets. I'm not even going to go into it. You know what I'm going to say, Rob. You know, I think we should be doing this. I think we should just be doing one big seed and we'll yep. just. Yeah, the, 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 the more stoogery the more stoogery that comes out of these CV club tournaments, the more I'm 100% on board with the way that you've described it. Make it one big tournament play each other yep. sort it out seriously yep. you get you get slotted in based off if you're like poland two then wherever poland two finished the year before that's where you get slotted in and you're gonna win and you know you'll you, you'll if you win you move up you lose you move down just make it one big ladder yep that's, that's uh, I do, the way it should be i do kind of like these quarterfinal matchups though xavier Che versus rosovia is fun Yes. Uh, Loon, Loon, Loonberg versus Milan is fun. It's a Canadian setter battle. A Luke Kerr versus yep. Max Elgar. That's pretty fun. Go back uh, to Olympiacos. Yeah, Olympiacos versus Arcus is fun. And uh, Fenerbahce versus Mosaic is not fun. Mosaic is not fun. That team is bad. Yeah. That, um, that'll be, Arcus uh, versus Olympiacos is the old man's cup. Like you've got yeah, a lot of you've got a lot of old men in a lot in of dads that. on that. In that there's series. a lot of dads out there. Yeah, there's a lot of dads. Um, yeah, I mean Arcus. We'll we'll talk about it later. Arcus has been getting to some bangers recently in the Effortless League. Like yeah. they've 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 been kind of turning it on. Grozier's uh has been not been uh, not been quieting it quieting down in any sense of the, the imagination. Yeah, and then uh, women's CV Cup. It was kind of a similar situation. You had Kieri from Italy playing Chemik Polizze from Poland, and uh, Kieri beat him in five last weekend. So Kieri advances, and they're kind of the only good team left in the tournament. Although they do play Lucane in the next round, which is kind of good. But a lot of the rest of these women's CV Cup teams don't really belong there at this stage. I have to say, I have been enjoying watching Kieri play a lot. Kieri's good, man. Kieri's, in my opinion, Kieri, uh, we were talking about this on the Discord, me and Tommy, like, Kieri might be the fourth, fourth best team in the Super Lega right now, or, or like Volley Feminili, sorry. Um, they just don't have a player like Akamova that Navarra has, right? Mm-hmm. But Kieri is a really, really good team. We'll talk about them a little bit today. They, they had another five-set bang. They've, they've, I've never been so impressed by two straight losses from a team because they, <laughs> because they went to five with Canigliano last right. week and they went to five with, with Malone this week. Um, but both, both senses, I was really impressed with how they played, they played, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, I would love to see them win the CEV cup. I think they're probably the favorite at this point. All right. Enough about Europe. Uh, before we move on to some of the individual countries, and then we've got some things to talk about in North America later. We got two things first ever. Let the people know that volleyballstore.com. Absolutely. Head over to thatvolleyballstore.com. Use the code SPICY to get 15% off your entire order. Um, Yeah, big, big shout out. Also, if you made an order recently and you haven't got it, let me know. Contact us because there was someone um, who called me and they let me know that something had happened and their order uh, had gotten caught up. So, 
just give us a call or yeah she actually called me like my the number on the the, the website goes to my phone really and i was just like <laughs> i was just like i don't recognize this number it was from the state somewhere and i was like hello and she's like is this that volleyball store and i was like yeah she's like is this everett and i was like yeah uh and luckily we luckily we were able to uh uh to, to figure it out for her but uh yeah Best customer over the, service in the business right there everett ex- delorme himself <laughs> exactly like if okay now we're gonna start getting prank calls from from everyone um Uh-oh. but yeah uh if you use the code spicy you're gonna get 15 percent off of uh your entire order from that volleyball store.com and one of the things that you can get from that volleyball store.com is the where's daddy collection where's daddy Ah, uh, we love Daddy Stankovic on this program, and we love him so much that we hide him somewhere in the show, and you guys got to try and find him. That's the Where's Daddy segment. Um, so uh, at some point, Daddy Stankovic is hidden in the show. Maybe he's already shown up. Maybe he'll show up a little bit later. Last week, not subtle at all. <laughs> not so not subtle at all last week. I put him right front and center on this little, uh, this little Turkish setter for Marcus, uh, mostly just because I wanted to see Everett's reaction when daddy like front and center popped up on the screen and if i remember right it was pretty funny like you laughed and made like kind of a comment about it so uh this one was not very subtle we had a bunch of people that found him Uh, micah green found him first so good job uh so yeah daddy was uh, not very conspicuously hidden this time a lot more conspicuous this time i'll tell you that how many daddy heads do you have i have like two and a half daddy heads. I, I I mostly have two. One where he's facing like a little to the left, and one where he's facing a little to the right. And then I have a third one that like has part of his shoulders on it. It's like it, it's this one, the the one that from oh. the Where's Daddy, the one from the Where's Daddy, you know, asset here. And it, sometimes I have situations where I can I can put his shoulders in, but it's mostly just two head cutouts that I use. All right, fair enough. Do we this need one, more daddy uh, heads? Uh, it certainly couldn't hurt. This one was just so good because even though it was so obvious, like the size and placement and angle of his head and the color, like the way that the photos look, it, it does look very natural. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to do anything here. I just like dragged it on and resized it, and it was an easy Photoshop job. And I thought it looked funny. So there was Daddy last week. Good job, you all found him. It wasn't a very hard one. I'll give you more of a challenge this week. But yeah, the, the way you find Daddy is if you see him. Don't don't put anything in the live chat. You have to wait until after the stream is over and put a comment with a timestamp in the main YouTube comment section. That's how we you should start posting stuff. those on Instagram. What the the all the assets? I can make like yeah. a, a a real compilation of all of them. That would be pretty funny. Yeah, yeah I'll, I can do that. I can do that. That'd be pretty good. It's such a oh. shame that Dragon deleted Instagram. I'm so disappointed. The world misses him. Yeah. Let's see. Let's let's search him up again to see if maybe he's maybe he's gotten it back. Maybe he maybe he's reactivated and hasn't hasn't gone public with it yet. Mm, no, it hasn't happened. Oh, that's so sad. Dragon Stankovich. Yeah, there's a there's several other Stankoviches, but no Dragon. Very disappointing. Yeah, it would definitely be like a blue check mark situation for him. Has to be. I mean, have you it seen it? Just look at him. <laughs> yeah, have you seen it? All right, let's move on to the league where Daddy plays. Let's let's move on to the Superliga. Uh, honestly, I don't have that much to talk about about the Superliga over this weekend. I did not watch a single game. I was very busy with the VLA. The only thing I saw is that Wilfredo Leon came back for Perugia and ripped a couple aces off the bench. 
uh everett what 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 sort of things did you consume in italy over the weekend and what uh what conclusions do you have if anything because i don't know um i watched a few different different matches i i was tuning into trento versus piacenza trento they're the best adjusting team in volleyball which is so surprising considering they have a new coach like they can make adjustments so quickly um milano versus lube was a very very interesting one um Lube was having so much left side trouble until Botolo came in and he really saved the show for him. He was really, really good off the bench for, for them and 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 Botolo won it. Um the unlikely uh, savior, Mattia Botolo. Yeah. And on the upside, the other side, like people just couldn't get going for, for Milano. Riegers had an all right game. Like everyone just had like a bit of an all right game. Um but both teams are so streaky in their different ways. Like Milano takes care of details so well and they just can tighten it up. Whereas like Lube can just overpower you in, in certain situations. Uh, like Shin Yeze was their second highest scorer in this match uh, after the Goomja. Wow. And 13 yeah. for 18 for a middle two blocks. Like two there, there, there was so many Whoa. times where you could just tell that like Shin Yeze really takes an almost Robert and Landy Simone types of role where it's just like, just give me the ball and I'm going to do something with it uh in in this one so i actually thought milano was going to take it i was a little surprised for lube to take it but overall it was a somewhat sloppy but but uh pretty fun match to watch um lube was up to wait am i reading this right yeah lube was up 2-0 and then uh really struggled after that they lost 25 15 in the fourth and then they figured it out yeah was that what happened yeah looks like it that's that's very interesting Uh, how did uh, so you said you said Trentino looked really good? They beat Piacenza three to one. I'm, I'm looking at the stats now. Oh man, Micheletto 16 for 26. Yeah, <laughs> this guy is on an absolute another planet right now. He's playing so much better than everyone else in the world. Yeah, and I mean, like, like Trento won the first set, and then it was a nice bounce back from Piacenza, and like just right away, like you just saw see how they throttled them the next 16 and 15. Oh, like I just, just I just noticed that just now. Yeah, you just they just pour it on. They just really are relentless. Wow, they're they're, they're so good um, this year. They're very efficient. They block well. They play good defense. They serve tough. They're just an overall solid team. You know, like it, it is going to be really hard for any team in the world to really put them off their game. Yep, no weaknesses and uh, very mentally strong. And yeah, Trento's really good. Yeah, uh, good. Robert, Robert Wendy Simone stat line, though, eight for nine, two blocks and an ace. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a game changer whenever he's out there. Like that, that is, is just the deal. But you can't have Romano going 13 for 33 and making eight er- eight errors along yeah, the way, that's right? Unacceptable. Like, that, that is is really tough. Like Leal came back and was all right offensively, but passing wise, he was a bit of a black hole. Thirty percent positive six times. Yeah, Ooh. and ace a six times. So there's there's still some problems for this Piacenza team. Um, like Richie, he he ended up getting subbed out. He was Ouch. really bad in this one. Two for six. Uh, ended up with with two points. So. I mean, hey, like, Trentino just keeps on riding on the back of Camille Rutsuki, the best right side in, in the in the Superlega. And, um, they're not going gonna... to let me stop hearing about that one, eh? I mean, I, I feel like this has been a consistent thing for me, and I've consistently thought that that he was real good, and he just thrives in that, uh, in that Trentino system where, you know, real volleyball 
players thrive. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> it is the best system for him. I'll agree with that. Uh, yeah. Let's how? Oh my Mon- god! I, I Monza also the dodged the. Uh... Oh, they, they yeah, Monza dodged. They, they dodged the Toronto bullet down down yeah. south, eh? Yeah, they 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 dodged the Toronto Toronto trap, uh, and they got out there with full out of out of the south with uh, full three points. So. Uh, that one's that one's a real good one. Kyle Russell was actually pretty good in this one, though. Seventeen points to lead uh, Toronto, uh, Toronto in scoring. Sixteen for thirty uh, out there. While Stephen Mar, oh no, Arthur Schwartz led led the show for Monza. Nineteen for thirty five uh, and twenty two points. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, I did see a clip of Kyle Russell getting solo roofed by Ron Takahashi, though. That's not a great look. Oh really? Oh yeah. That- Ron Ran has, as I feel, has been struggling recently, especially offensively. Um, this one, he was passing a little bit better, but his offensive numbers are not great. Nine for twenty-three. Hmm, that's a little questionable. Uh, how how is Moans is serving? That's always the question for them. Uh, two for fifth, two and fifteen. So not Ouch. great. This was a not great serving <laughs> day. Arthur Schwartz continues to be one of the worst servers in in the the Superliga with six errors and no aces. We've talked about it. I saw people giving you a hard time in the Discord as if we haven't talked about this many, many times. Yeah, like it, I'm not, I'm not hiding behind the, behind the fact that Arthur Schwartz is not a fantastic server. He can be. He has that ability to kind of like tune it, tune it in sometimes. But his ace to error ratio is so yeah, it's damn bad. It, it's it's, it's bad. one, it's one of the things that, um that he really needs to get better at if how good Canada does at the Olympics will probably depend on how much better Arthur Schwartz gets at serving. That will have a lot to do with it. Uh, Canada needs some service firepower somewhere and that, that, that definitely has to get better. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was just looking at Modena versus Perugia stats. This is an, a, a, a donging of epic proportions 18 17 18 yeah. yikes uh Saposhkov was the only good player for modena and let's see you get you have bentara 63 percent uh semenyuk 73 percent plotnitsky 69 percent um the middles yeah. like sky high kill percentage like the 66 percent kills as a team for perugia like come on yeah, this, this one was so fast that I was out doing some things because this one was on Saturday and I was out doing some things and I was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to watch the Perugia game when I get home. And nope. I got home and threw the game on and Gianelli was doing his post-game interview. So I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> like This was like, it was it was a, a legitimately like an hour in a shower. Yo, I'm close to. It was an hour and it says 116. I'm surprised it even took that long. Uh, yeah. Nine aces, 14 errors, two for Perugia. That's amazing. Now the question is, Everett. The question. What's is, the question? Can Perugia do it in the Coppa Italia? We got that coming up this weekend. The Coppa Italia semis are this Saturday, and the Ooh. final is this Sunday. Trentino versus Monza, followed by Perugia versus Milano. Uh, I, I think we're probably both on the same page that Trentino should get past Monza no problem unless Monza as much has... as I love that Monza team um Trentino is a juggernaut at the moment they would have to have the serving game of their lives yeah I I also like this um Romo that was built out by uh 
the Italian Superliga or whoever runs it because it honestly looks like a clip art thing that was done by oh, a high schooler. The like worst worst graphics worst graphics work in all of professional sports goes to the men's superliga. It's so bad. Just look at their Instagram page. Just like go scroll through it. It's so bad. Like League of Legends Feminile does a fantastic job with graphics. much better job, much better job. Yeah, but it, it is, is terrible. Just <laughs> absolutely, especially like it's so weird. Like Italy is known for like style and design. It just, but then again, you see, like, ugh. it's actually even worse, too. It actually looks like oh, this. Look no. at this aspect ratio. This was posted on Instagram. Look at this terrible portrait aspect ratio. This is horrible. <laughs> this is so bad. I, I, my eyes, I know. I, I'm my glad eyes, that you like... brought it up. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to. I, I, I was going to go in on the Super Lega graphics team a little bit because this is rough. This is real bad. Like it has the phone number at the bottom. Like, yeah, it's. <laughs> why it's, it's does volleyball good. suck so fucking much? <laughs> like why? Like why? Why? Like this yeah. is the best league in the world, and they have promos equivalent to high school matches. <laughs> like seriously, this is this is. I I half expect this to be like. Bring a toonie and get 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 out a third period to watch the volleyball team play. <laughs> like, oh my god, volleyball sucks so damn much. Oh my goodness, uh, we're we're laughing because it, we're, we're we're laughing through the helplessness of of what we try and do over here. Um, I am excited about these matches, though. I'm excited about Perugia versus Milano. Storylines write themselves. Obviously, oh, there yeah. was the greatest the greatest collapse in sports history last year in the playoffs. Um, what even are your picks, year. Everett? Yeah, even this year, true. Who who wins the semis and who wins the finals? Um, as well, as I said, as much as I love this Monza team and as much as I would love to see them win, I don't think that's really in the cards, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm going to pick Trentino. Um, I, I think that Monza makes it 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 interesting. I think it's going to be a three one. With like okay. some tightness in there, uh, and then I think Perugia exercises some demons. I think they really unload on Milano in this one. I I, I, I could be wrong, but who I knows? think so too. I think so too. I actually think the semis are going to be three zero three zero. I think I think we're going to see two dongs on Saturday. Um, maybe even six dongs, if you will. But I, I think it's three zero Trentino and three zero Perugia. I, I agree right. that Perugia exercises some demons. I I, I love Perugia's serving recently. Uh, ha- having Wilfredo Leon to use as a service sub is an absolute cheat code. And uh, Trent- Monza can't beat Trentino. I just don't see a world where that matches up. However, I think that Trentino versus Perugia is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be awesome. So Fireworks. Yeah. yeah. Um, before that, Rob, we actually have a full day of Super Lega tomorrow. Do we really? Um, yeah, it is going to be a Super Lego Wednesday uh, cool. going on tomorrow. Um, a couple of, of notable matches. Monza is going to be taking on Verona, uh, and Milano is going to be taking on Trentino. Uh, so hey. Those are going to all all going to be going down uh, live on Volleyball World TV. They're all going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern time. They're at 8.30 starts in Italy. Uh, and for those in Italy, you can watch uh, Modena versus Padova on Rai Sports. That one actually is on Thursday. That one's a, at least. A, well, oh, I'm you're right. That yeah, you're right. Later. Yep, 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 yep. I'm just stupid. Oh, it's okay. So you got five, yeah five games tomorrow. Oh boy, yeah, you got two 
two bad ones, probably even three bad ones. Yeah, Monza Verona is good. Trentino versus Milano is good. That's cool. I, I, I didn't think I was going to have any volleyball to watch tomorrow, at least tomorrow during the day. We'll get to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got, got some got some big European ball tomorrow. That's right. Uh, so that's Copa Italia. That's coming up Saturday. Uh, the Lega Volley Femminile, we got a, a, just a couple matches to talk about. And then their Copa Italia quarterfinals are actually tomorrow as well. So there is more volleyball tomorrow. Um, it's really just the two five-setters. You mentioned Kieri putting up a good fight against Malonza in five. And then Corneliano beat Roma in five. And it's not the first time we've seen a very weird fifth-set score in the Lega Volley Femminile this year. Fifth set, Corneliano 15, Roma 4. 15 that, to 4. That is a lot. That that is a lot. That's two weeks in a row that they've really like balled out in the in the fifth set. Um, I did not watch that one. Um, I was too engrossed in the Chieri versus Milano matchup because this one was a good one. This one was a really really good one, and I almost thought that Chieri should have won it in four. Like I I, th- I thought that they should have clinched it uh, in that fourth set. Kieri is, as I said, like I've I've watched them pretty closely two weeks in a row now. Also, um, I have to give a shout out to the one Canadian announcer guy on the Volleyball World TV. The the women there's there's they have different people who do the women's robs, uh, and his name is escaping me right now. But he's actually been getting better. Like he oh, actually yeah? commentates the plays as opposed to just laughing. Um, <laughs> How so, about that? So yeah, uh, but. Kieri has really, really impressed me uh, over the past two weeks. And I mean, in this one, you didn't really see Grabelna uh, as much. It was Anthuli, Ivodka, Martha, Martha Anthuli out of Greece. And now she is like a little Stesiak. She's a big, big, big body. So much so that I actually think that's what kind of lost them the game. She was gassed, gassed, Super, gassed, okay. gassed in, in the fifth set barely jumping and she was barely an option we did did see grabelma uh a little bit uh she did start the fourth but didn't really see her i thought that they should have brought her in more i think she must have been tired uh after the um the cev cup a little bit camilla weitzel continues to be one of my favorite up-and-coming i love out of, out her of germany she's so I much fun her. um and then good server too yeah and then oma rui is was was solid in this this one she needed to figure it out a little bit off offensively but for a while they had avery skinner in there who i think has been fantastic um and she That's started started now but um she started going away and they brought in uh madison madison rochelle or madison kingdon yeah formerly maddie kingdon yes okay she put up some numbers yeah this team's good it's not like they have like three legit outside hitters it looks like they have two opposites yeah this anthuli girl i've, I've never seen her she's a 2004 no. and she's four she's, and she's super two young. meters and four she's massive yeah, so, yeah she's the, a the, big big body out there but she you can tell whoa. that she was just gas 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 so i think it's it, it was a lot because grabella took a big load when they played canigliano last year then they had that last week then they had that midweek game in the CEV Cup so this this Kieri team is really really interesting and I know Tommy said at the beginning of the year when we did the preview with him about how you know they really like I think Weitzel Weitzel and, Gr- and Grabelna are two of the only athletes that they had from last year's team um, and they really stripped things down and, and moved things forward and this Kieri team has has been a lot of fun to watch these past two weeks like really pushing I mean in this one like if, if you notice um uh Malonza started Agonu and Oro on the bench in the fourth. 
That 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 was mm. the, the, the the big one. Who who is it that they they had Victoria Prandi setting, and uh, uh, Adu Malawal probably is their backup opposite on, on the on opposite. They didn't bring them in until late in late in the fourth. Um, when uh, and unforced errors for Agonu. Wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah. very so, interesting. Also, I have to say, one of my favorite players to watch recently has been Sonia Kennedy uh, in the middle for, for Malonza. She's been stepping up big time and, and really providing some some energy down the middle for her. So, Also one of the only middles in the world I can think of that regularly, regularly gets used as a serving sub. She yes. comes in and rips, jumps spinners off the bench all the time. It's pretty cool. She, she is a fantastic server. She actually had... Oh, no, she didn't have an ace in this one, but... Uh, looks like she did. No, no, she did. She did. Yeah. yeah, she had one, one in three attempts, no errors. Yeah, good for her. Uh, so the, the reason I was thinking that uh, Kieri probably rested Kaya Gobrelna a little bit was for this. We've got the Copa Italia quarterfinals tomorrow, and I think I think three of the four will be pretty lopsided. Uh, Corneliano versus Firenze should be a beatdown. Malonza yeah. versus Roma. Roma's a nice story. Can they hang with Malonza? No. And Scandici versus Pinarolo, also a nice story. Story uh, Scandici should stomp him, but but you get you get Chieri versus Novara, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, the four versus five game, exactly like you said, Everett. Like I think people would think of Chieri differently if they had an explosive player like Akimova, like Novara does. Yeah, if Chieri can figure out, like, there's just a few holes. Almorui needs to really step up and be that they they need their Italian option on on the left side to be really mm-hmm. good, and so she needs to step up and and be really good. And I'm not entirely sure if Grabelna is that next level opposite to kind to kind to kind of push them forward. I don't um, think she is. I think she's a good opposite. She's not that like she's not the Akimova level opposite. Mm-hmm. But other than the middles, I think Kieri matches up super well with Novara everywhere else. Very much so. So I think I th- I'm definitely going to be watching that matchup today or tomorrow. Yeah. That that be a good one. Yep. Two thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, are three of the four Copa Italia quarterfinals are all at the same time. Scandici versus Pinarol is all is a little bit earlier. Uh, and so yeah, we get the quarterfinals in the higher seated teams' home gyms, and then we wait about three, maybe four weeks for the semifinals and the finals, kind of like the men are doing this weekend. Yep. And of course, all of you've got three uh, Coppa Italia and three Superliga matches. Or oh, sorry, five Superliga matches all going down at the exact same time. <laughs> Gotta love it. <sighs> so great. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, completely believable. This this is Italy we're talking about. This is volleyball uh, we're talking about. This is volleyball we're talking no about. Let's move on. Um, I, I I looked through the Plus Liga stuff and I didn't really see anything. And we already talked about Zaxa, so I want to move on to the Effler League because yes. you, you alluded to it earlier about Arcaspor, who has really figured they've it been, out. In they've in been training on, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they're mostly doing it with with uh, Nick Hogue on the bench, which I know will make a I lot heard of he people. Got, I heard he got hurt this week. Yes, but there are, there have been a lot of comments that he is taking too much playing time. And that maybe it is because his dad is the head coach. Um, I mean, no comment. <laughs> uh, I thought so. Um, yeah, this this was a sick game. A uh, Hawk Bank beats Arcus in five twenty three twenty one in the fifth. 
is crazy. Alt- Grozer had had a huge game, right? Oh man, 33. 33. Yeah. Whoa. 33 points for Grozer. He was 28 for 44. He hit 64%. Only he had four errors too, which is which is pretty gnarly. But of course, Namir had to be up there as well, too. He had 35 in this one. He went 34, <laughs> 31 for 49, 63%. Uh with a block and three aces. How many aces for Grozier? Just two. Just two. But two. hey, that Ooh. was that was the difference. Uh, I think Mandaracha also had 22 in this one for, for Arcus. I, I'm happy that kid is back, man. I really like him. Did get blocked seven times. Uh, Micah Ma had four blocks. Shout out. Wow. Love that. Angapath had 16. It was all right. Legumja had 14 for helping. Yeah, pretty good games from both those outside hitters. So who's the other? Who's Arcus's third outside? If if Hogue is out across from Mondora, oh, Buruta Tsubasha. Yeah, the 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 lefty, the lefty yeah. from the national team. Okay, I mean, and man, Tsubasha, how, Tsubasha. How has that team been so bad so far this season? Why are they just now only figuring it out? Maybe because they were playing Nick Hogue. <laughs> which, like, which hurts me to say, because like Nick is like. Next the man, I love Nick's him. Next the man, he's a guy. Like, I've, he's done so much for Canadian volleyball over the years. I know a lot of people are going to maybe disagree, but I wouldn't say that. Um, but yeah, it looks like they're doing better without him. Jordan Oof. Canham getting off the bench was nice, though. Love to see that. Cool. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's turn. Uh, well, before we turn our attention stateside, we got yeah. uh, speaking of Canadian news. Let's go, Dan Lewis. Love to see that. Love to see that. I Dan love Lewis will, will be taking over. I think I saw that the coach report has been there for like four or five years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, if you're if you're, uh, in, I have uh, check. Um, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, like uh, Dan Lewis will be taking over Poitsy, and he is on a two-year contract. Uh, of course, everyone had to point out that right under it says recommended by Glenn Hogue because you know. We we have to publicly publicly show the Glenn Hogue stamp of approval when it comes to anything in in Canadian volleyball. But I do understand Glenn Hogue is is revered as and very well respected in French volleyball. He spent a lot of time with their national teams and and stuff like that. And uh, so yeah, but ultimately, like I absolutely love this. I think Dan, like Dan, is a guy who's been coaching with the national team since he retired from from the team in in 2016. He has been the assistant coach since then. He led the team in the 2019 World Cup. Um, and especially what you see when you see what he's done with the B team over the past two summers where, you know, last summer they uh, got second to the, at the Pan Am Cup, beating the U.S. and just losing to Cuba. And this summer actually winning the Pan Am Cup, once again beating the U.S. and, and beating Brazil. Um, he's he's done a lot of good. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with this team. And, there's very so very few North American professional coaches. Uh, I right. think that he would be one of the. I think he's the only North American coaching in a major league. Like, can you think of any? There's no American guys. No, the, none of the other Canadian guys. Like, there's there's a the few Canadian coaches who I what I have known. Hogue. Coached. Oh yeah, Hogue. Duh. Man, yeah, that, that's 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 crazy when you put it that way. I mean, yeah, good for Dan Lewis. I mean, I, I I loved him as a player. I always thought that he would translate well into coaching. It seems like he's done an outstanding job with some of the Canadian like 
junior youth and B team groups, and I'm excited for him. And I mean, right now, Poitiers roster has three Canadians on it: uh, Brett Walsh, Matthias Elser, Jackson Howe. So this is a very good incentive to maybe keep those guys around for another year. Also, our boy Javier Concepcion is on that team. Fun team. What are you, what are you doing over there, Everett? He's all scrambled. <laughs> I lost my audio. You still hear me? Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. I, 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 my cord got tangled up in my chair, and I pulled on it, and I unplugged it. And just, we're yeah, all just take off. Take off the headset. You're you're not plugged into the headset. You're just talking to the computer mic now. But that's okay. You, you sound good enough. Yeah. Ah, there you go. You did it. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Ultimately, congratulations to Dan Lewis. He will be still with the beat team this summer, and then he'll he be heading over to France uh, after that. So cool. I like that. Love that. All right, let's turn our attention to North America. We got a couple team things to talk about here before the show's over. I want to do VLA first, just because it'll be quick. Uh, this is a sick tournament that the VLA put on in San Diego. This was a sick tournament. Twelve teams, the seven seed beat the five seed in the final. This was as chaotic of an event as we've ever thrown and shout out to the Chandler team. IX, dude, this team is literally the, the feeder team for the tier one Phoenix Ascension and the, the basically the minor league affiliate that directly feeds players up to the tier one level comes out and wins and wins a VLA cup tournament. And this was so sick. This is a bunch of young, like explosive NAIA, mostly product kids from the greater Arizona area. Plus a libero from the Mexican national team. Shout, shout out to Jesus Isaguirre. He was amazing. Come in and win this tournament. It was so sick. And they, they won like a five-setter in the morning in the quarterfinal. They won a five-setter in a reverse sweep in the semifinal. And then uh, they beat the Dallas Dogs in the final. So it was a super fun event. Super fun event and very unpredictable. And I had a great time. Yeah, I, uh, I also tuned in on this one. I was in the chat briefly uh, at, at one point And then uh watch watch the finals later um this just con- continues with my theory that basically tier 1 of the VLA is useless um <laughs> and is unneeded because i can't remember i honestly don't remember any time like has there ever been a time when an open tournament has been won by a tier 1 team last because- year all 3 were won by tier 1 teams that's semantics um but <laughs> once again but once again you have the tier two teams pulling it for uh i mean hey, hey this was a this was a really good one I, I really enjoyed watching it um i loved how at one point on saturday you had the unicorns playing the villains it was that just was great like, <laughs> this, is, this is this is just absolutely perfect and uh fairy tale stuff <laughs> it was great yeah also the coach uh for chandler team nine he just looks like the biggest g just looks like the <laughs> biggest G possible. Um, but yeah, honestly, 100%. I, we got, I want we got some good characters in the VLA. I want to call out the tier one teams. Like, if you're telling me that the difference, and you guys, you and Vince talked about it during the broadcast, that the difference between tier one and tier two is commitment and that you're spending more time in the gym, then you should be blowing everyone away. Like, I'm sorry, Ascension. Like, if you're playing for that tier one Ascension team and you're feeder team feeder team is going to go win this tournament you should be embarrassed you should be embarrassed um that being i dude i I agree with you (laughs) i agree with you this is not a good look for the phoenix ascensions a team i can i can tell you that much 
That being said, here's here's what I'm going to say, Rob. If you are in the GTA, if you are in the greater Toronto area and you think you could play on a VLA team, shoot us a message on Volleyball Source. I'm legitimately setting up runs. And who knows? Maybe maybe it'll one day end up being a, a VLA team. We're setting, some, uh, setting up some great runs. So let, let us know. Come join, and then we're going to go down there and, and beat all the tier one teams with pineapple and stuff. <laughs> well, speaking of Team Pineapple, uh, they are in action in action this weekend. Uh, we got more ball going on in Chicago. Uh, I'm very excited for two of these three teams. It's the two Chicago teams. Uh, Iceman and Swede are going to be really good. Um, Andre Brown is playing for the Chicago Iceman, Everett. I don't know if love you're that. aware of this. I, I, I'm very aware, of course. Um, Got to love the Canadians going down south to play in the VLA. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked about having Andre. Uh, so both the Iceman and Swede are going to be really good. Those are going to be fun games. But I am not particularly high on Team Pineapple. I would no, be stunned. Eh? I would no. I would be stunned if they want to match this weekend. I I just don't think that they have their priorities in order on on the VLA level. Like they're trying too hard to get guys that are all local ish to Northeast Indiana so that mm. they can have some practices. That's not a hot enough pocket of volleyball players. You need to be pulling from the entire Midwest. They, they need to be pulling from the entire Midwest. And I think that's what they're going to learn the hard way this year is that they need to reapproach the way they bring their talent to some of these things. Because I have a feeling that they're going to get dusted. But I, I could mean, be wrong. I, I actually said the same thing going into the first event last year in the Central Division. And Team Pineapple, I think, went 3-1. and one. So you never know. Okay. What's the difference? So this event is just a tier one event, correct? Yep. This is this is a, this is like a regular season event. It's a double round robin where everyone plays four matches. So this these all count for like regular season standings. Well, so do the the matches that the tier one two teams play in cup events also count. But this is yeah one court, three teams like very simple like regular season division rivalry sort of volleyball. Okay. Great. Love it. I will. It looks like there's a lot of volleyball on this weekend, so if I get time, I'll, I'll tune into to the VLA. But those later games, especially those those four and three p.m. games, those those will be yep. doable for sure. Uh, speaking of North American volleyball in the evenings, Ooh. we have not talked about this very much yet, but it's time. It's it's, it's <laughs> it time, time to talk about the Pro Volleyball Federation, real pro volleyball as they're calling it. I hate that. I hate the way that that sounds, and I'm Terrible not going to use horrible so i'm going to call it the either the pvf or the pro volleyball federation because that's what it actually is yes. this is one of the two large-scale women's volleyball professional efforts that's being put together right now there's this one and there's league one league one is a full year behind they start so they're not playing they, is it november of this year i thought it was 2025 november. okay yeah november of this year yep either way uh the pro volleyball federation kicks off their league's existence tomorrow and I'm very curious about this. Uh, the Atlanta Vibe takes on the uh, Omaha Supernovas, I think is what they're called. Yep. Yeah, the Omaha Supernovas. So that's tomorrow night. And then uh, Columbus at Grand Rapids and Atlanta at Orlando on uh, on Friday. There, If you follow NCAA ball or even like a little bit of USA Women's National Team, you're going to recognize some names. I mean, Brooke Nonaviller is a name. She played VNL this year. Asia O'Neill, obviously, is the name. She was the number one pick in the draft. Like, uh you'll see you'll see some names that you recognize i'm less curious about the volleyball i'm curious about the product i'm curious about the broadcast and the marketing and the commentary and just like everything about how this is presented uh it will be streaming live for free which is nice on some app called or on some website called stadium that i haven't I've, heard of and i've already checked it out 
like I'm, I'm stadium is working for me right now in Canada. So really? the very, so it's not geo-blocked for you? Okay. It's not geo-blocked, which I am excited about. Like, I, I am legitimately, Rob, like, I'm going to maybe order myself a pizza and get some beer, and I'm going to sit back and treat this like this is football. Like, primetime volleyball, pro volleyball at 7.30. That's not AU and whatever Athletes Unlimited is. Like, I'm stoked for this. Uh, there's a couple of Canadian girls playing in this one too just kind of joseph's gonna be playing in, in orlando oh nice um yeah so it's it, I, i'm i'm super excited about this i we've talked about this before but i really like the the time is ripe like look how good those jerseys look like those those look like nice jerseys and it's uh, not yeah. like and it's not like there's there's a lack of athletes to choose from there's such a wealth of athletes in the ncaa this is so exciting yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Morgan Hentz plays for Atlanta. Like, she's played VNL. Uh, Yosiana Presley was a player of the year for Baylor a few years ago. Uh, Grace Cleveland went to Purdue. She's on Atlanta. And then uh, let me look at Omaha. Uh, Brooke Donaviller is a big name. Uh, Sydney Hilly was a rock star setter at Wisconsin. Uh, Kendall White's played national team. Danielle Hart's played national team. Tori Dixon has played national team. Bethania De La Cruz is on the Omaha roster from the Dominican Republic. So like the, I'm really, really curious. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I'm curious about what is this product going to look like? Cause uh, I, I, I don't doubt that they've assembled some decent athletes. Mm-hmm. I do have some doubts about the organization. There are the, there are aspects of the pro volleyball federation that seem to me to be cobbled together really, really quickly. I think that they they may have been in a situation where they were they they felt like they were in a race and they were trying to beat League One to the like to the court to playing volleyball and they're going to do that. My question is, is that going to be worth it? And I'm really curious to see like learn about more about what's going on behind the scenes. That it it is going to be interesting because this is really what like tomorrow kicks off really the first step in what is I expect to be a big fun women's volleyball wars in the united states right like we are starting we are really starting to kick off with some big names and some big hitters and i also thought that when i heard that they were trying to start as early as they are that this was a little bit quick you know um i mean in, in canada we've all been all by and we've all been enamored with the sort of the pwh right the professional women hockey league yeah, and they they turned that thing around real quickly. Like they only had like 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 a few months to basically make a new professional women's hockey league. But there was the framework of previous leagues that have been there before. This is start, we're starting something brand new in markets that are brand new. Like this is something altogether brand new. Um, and when you look at this, this, yes, there's some big names for for PVF. There's no doubt about that. But when you look at the weight of the names behind um, League One, yeah, League it's One, much, much more and, significant. And the athletes that they have, it's huge. But I, I, I'm so thrilled that this is happening. I'm so stoked. I'm going to watch as much of it as I possibly can. Can I like you? I really hope that they have some good commentators and they they put a good, a good product out there um, because. If volleyball world has taught us anything, is that if you put a bad product out there, it's just going to be mediocre. Yep, doesn't the the on court product is not everything when you're talking about 
the consumption of sports and sports media. The on-court product is only the beginning. There's so much more that you have to get really good at, and that that's that's what I'm curious to see. But I'm excited about. It. I really am. I'm going to watch as much as as much as possible. Um, yeah. I'm happy that even though the the broadcast is a little bit scattered, at least it's not geo blocked, and at least it's free. Uh, that that's that's an amazing amazing what they've done and the fact that if you're going to do it for free i feel like you might as well put it on youtube right if you're not going to charge anybody to watch it on these random websites like why wouldn't you just put it on youtube and make more money off of it there? well i mean like these, but whatever like i mean this is what like stadium clearly does this like like stadium is a legit thing and it looks like almost to be like a, a bar stool type of uh of outfit right like they have huh. their own not like in the funny way but like they have their own like shows and whatnot and they they talk about you know football and basketball and the MLB and the NFL and 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 whatnot so well we'll see uh tune in tomorrow night uh 8 p.m eastern and we will put links and stuff in the discord we'll be talking about it and yeah this is a big week of volleyball a lot of games tomorrow we've got uh women's Copa Italia we've got men's Super Lega we've got uh, Pro Volleyball Federation kicking off tomorrow night, then a loaded weekend as well. And uh, I I do think that, unfortunately for you European viewers, we love you guys. We've had a good year of doing the show in, in the morning, North American time. That is no longer going to be the case. I believe uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern will be the time going forward, likely on Mondays. Mondays, correct. Uh, Mr. St. Clair is once again working during the day, so can't do it. Yep. Uh, I know you guys will watch it anyway because you love the show. Uh, you can also listen to it in audio form if you want. Uh, make sure you're subscribed here to Volleyball Source. Join the Volleyball Source Discord. Links in the description. And hit up that volleyballstore.com for some gear. Absolutely. And make sure to tune it in. And make sure, you know what? Come join us in Ottawa. Join us in Ooh, Ottawa. Yeah. For the Can't say that early game. enough. Got to get yourself there. Got to get yourself Get yourself there. there. Get yourself in Ottawa. 100%. Maybe we should make right, a TD place and see if we can like get our own little viable source section. That would be awesome. Yeah. Would you guys, let's, if let's we see. did that, would you guys come? Let us know. Be crazy if they didn't. Uh, all right. Thank you, people, for watching. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>